Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. Carlos High, little penetration. Boom, and then the spin move. We've seen power. We've seen acceleration by Carlos Hyde. Welcome, NFL, to Carlos Hyde, the bell cow back for the San Francisco 49ers. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Football! Yeah. Football. Yeah. Is, is there a more football word or phrase than bell cow oh, running no. back? Bell, bell cow. cow. Come on! Football! Gunslinger. You know, the old, like, I love me a good gunslinger. I know that mostly is a far thing, but, you know, Jake Cutler had some gunslinger to him. I love me some gunslinger. Bell cow is... Top five, though, for football in the mud, football, neck roll, backboard type of thing, bell cow. Because a bell what is what is bell cow? What is it carries just... the load, like does a ton of work? Yeah, like the, it's exactly how it sounds. So, but it, do cows do work? Cows just stand and eat. Well, bell, but a they bell just cow stand and eat grass. Well, did you not have any cows on the farm when you didn't you have a farm growing up? Or, or it was a hobby farm. Hobby. We yeah, just yeah, had horses. Yeah. I don't know. I I lived in the city. I, I, but you can ride horses. Horses, like, hey, horses for centuries carried people and like wagons. Okay. My across is, mountains. But, but my what guess do cows is, do? No, but my guess my guess is in in farms in in the old days there was a there was a bell cow and it probably alerted you to things and carried the load and did a lot of the work and that's what these guys do. They're bell cows. Okay. They like to get dirty. They like to get in the mud. They muck it up. They'll throw blocks one day and carry the ball the next because all they want to be is the bell cow. Come on! Football! I don't know if I trust Judd's farm takes. And then when they get done, they eat cows. Big pieces of cows. The cows do? No, I'm saying they're not cannibals. I'm saying the guys that are the bell cow running backs get done and they go for a big steak at Murray's. Or another wow. fine dining establishment, and they have a big mm. slice of meat lathered with, and a big baked potato too. I well, for- speaking, speak. Oh, go ahead, Dex. I was going to say I forgot to tell you guys on Tuesday I was walking across the uh, Stone Arch Bridge here in Minneapolis, and one of those horse carriage and buggies was coming down. And that bridge is narrow. I I I almost turned around. I almost turned around. It was. I feel like you terrifying. have a misperception of how dangerous horses are. I, horses aren't looking to attack humans. Although I will say this, they're scared. They're vegetarian. That, they are scared. Those guys that drive the, those things, and you're and you're <sighs> with the gal, and they're like, "Do you want to ride for twenty five bucks?" And my no, I can. I I'll walk it's or romantic. drive. Zero chance. The relationship is over. It like it's it, romantic. That, no. You know what it is? No, it's cold and it takes too long. Ugh. 
well, maybe you should just relax and enjoy the evening. You know yeah, what? I can get in my car and hit, the, and hit the gas pedal and get home to my couch. Yeah. Okay. okay. Romantic Judd here and nervous Declan uh, makes up two-thirds of the Purple Daily Crew. I'm Phil Mackey. <laughs> It'll be our new action show, film. This show is presented by TCL TVs. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And every week we go through and uh, we take your comments and questions from the Purple Daily YouTube page. We do read them. And uh, we love we love the fact that these shows sort of create this community of Vikings fans, commenters, debates. It's it's awesome to see, and uh, we love being part of it. So let's just go through it. Let's, this is going to be very offensive line heavy. Speaking of meat and potatoes oh, right. and cows and bell cows, okay? that's good bell cow work. Yeah. So we're going to go through some of these here. Uh, Necro No Mecron seventy nine says conspiracy <laughs> theory hot take. Spielman and Zimmer want Kirk to get hurt. They will run the bus until the wheels come off. Injury settlement. Uh, and then that leads into, I believe it's Sub, uh, Subuchni11. Hey, guys, curious. Do you envision Coach Zimmer and the front office scrapping their current plans of drafting offensive linemen and going after linemen that may not fit the zone scheme but are built so that they can withstand a bull rush? So just to over-explain here. The Vikings, with their zone run-blocking scheme, love the sort of nimble, even lighter offensive linemen mm-hmm. that can get out in space and and can cover an extra five yards to go out and block for Dalvin Cook, right? But the problem is some of those guys, like Garrett Bradbury, just get forklifted off the line of scrimmage in pass protection. So he brings up Ben Cleveland as a guy. I think we drafted Ben Cleveland in one of our mocks earlier yes. this week. In like yes, the third you did. Round. You did third uh, round. Ben Cleveland fits a power run scheme is a bull in a phone booth but doesn't fit the typical zone scheme or the lineman in that type of scheme. Uh, what are your thoughts on them sort of changing the way that they look at these offensive linemen? I think it's um I think it's very very small. I they so the the reason why they supposedly what was it now 3 years ago the reason why they passed on Will Hernandez was exactly that cuz he didn't fit their he doesn't fit our scheme, right? Uh I think that they very much have um as long as the current offensive staff, which aside from Kubiak stepping away and his son Clint Kubiak taking over as the offensive coordinator, I think the philosophy and the people have stayed the same. So I don't think that they are going to. Uh, back to the first point about Cousins, which I realize the point itself is ridiculous. They don't want him to get hurt. But it does seem like, yeah. and, well, I've shot this down too, but to that, but to what he asked, it certainly does seem like when when they approach Kirk about uh, a potential pay cut again or or a restructure and pushing uh, his earnings off again like they did last year for a few years, and he said, obviously, no, I'm good. It certainly does seem like you could make a case where they said, okay, cool, uh, you know where what now we can't spend on offensive line. I'm not saying that they did, and I don't believe that for one second. But it is interesting that we are still ha- having discussions with the draft approaching and the, you know, the free agent market essentially dried up. <laughs> that offensive line wise, that's pretty much gone now. So I don't think they're trying to get him hurt. Do I think he cost himself a guard or a tackle? Possibly, maybe. I think two things just to answer both of these, and we'll, and there's there's more by the way. We'll get to some more offensive line stuff here. No, I don't think they want Kirk to get hurt. Although you could I don't think they consciously and intentionally want Kirk to get hurt. But um I think that they clearly don't value 
offensive line as much as they value building a defense in every way first. Like their priorities are defense, 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 and then offensive line. We're just going to have to sort of piecemeal and get a bargain bin free agent over here, trade a six-round pick for a backup slash kind of starter over here in Mason Cole, right? They prioritize defense over offense in terms of their resources. And then I think on the actual like type of offensive lineman that they're going to be targeting, I agree with you. I think they value running the ball and that zone block uh, running scheme more than they value throwing the football. Mm-hmm which is antithetical to what wins in today's NFL. And I'm not saying what wins 9-7 and seven or 9-8, and eight, whatever your new 17-game record will be. I mean winning at the end of the season, at the end of January, early February. Uh, Carter Gaspard says, stages of offensive line grief. There's denial. <laughs> no, they're going to sign a guard in free agency. That's denial, right? I love it. Then there's anger. Zimmer, do you not care about the offensive line? What the hell? Yep. Then there's bargaining. <laughs> well, let you sign your we'll let you sign your defensive guys in, but just please use the draft for offensive linemen. And then there's depression. I just want us to rebuild already. And then there's acceptance. Well, at least we're not the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, okay. Uh, that is that is I think my favorite uh, tweet in in comments that we've gotten so far. That's Carter a great Gaspers, good stuff. Good job, Carter. That those he's exactly right. Like we've all been through all of those down from what are you doing to yeah, I mean, you could be Cleveland for the last 25 years. We're, we're with those five stages. Oh, we're definitely good. at the the bargaining stage right now. So denial, anger, bargaining is, hey, we'll let you sign your defensive guys, Zimmer, but just use the draft for offensive line. That's the stage we're at for the next three weeks. But I'm all I'm I am personally very prepared right now to say, quitty pay. Yeah, I guess so. Like I'm 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 almost accepting that right now. That, that I'm going to be surprised if they stick at 14. I'm almost going to be surprised now from a standpoint of what Mike would like to do if they don't take Quiddy Pay. Yeah, I think if I had to, like, gun to the head, what <laughs> position really do they draft or what is it defense or offense in the first round? Gun to the head, your life depends on it. I would say defense. Yep. I'm not super confident, but I would say defense. Uh, I Goddard says, here's the offensive line to start the season. Left tackle, Brian O'Neill. Left guard, Mason Cole. Center, Garrett Bradbury. Right guard, Ezra Cleveland. And then right tackle, Tevin Jenkins. Late first, early second round pick after the Vikings trade back. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the feasibility and your thoughts on if that is the starting five? Um, I would say odds odds are that that's not the starting five, but what he just explained as far as a philosophy makes perfect sense. So if Pay is there at, at 14... I think we pretty much have seen that across the board, um, he's probably a, a first-round pick, but not that high, right? So if he's there, and especially if a quarterback is there, someone's going to come up and get that pick, and they're going to make the Vikings a pretty substantial offer, which actually at that point in time, if there's a quarterback still there, Phil, I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if a team came up and tried to get that pick and said, we'll swap first-round picks and give you our second-round pick, which I think, personally, Spielman is probably desperate to get back. Uh, And so then if you're picking later in the first round, you might take or you might try to take Pay there. And then certainly an old lineman in the second round. So I don't know that the names that he, the name that he threw out there at right tackle is the right name. But I'm with him on the philosophy of what they might do. 
So I, I'm, I'm more and more I'm thinking that there's a semi decent chance, like a 25, 30% chance that either Trey Lance or Justin Fields is available at pick 14, which, you know, we did a dive into that scenario, I think two days ago on Purple Daily. That would you, would you take a quarterback? But let's say you've decided if that happens, and I'm sure they're running through this scenario, right? Like if that happens, we aren't going to take the quarterback. We need to leverage. Any team, starting with the Patriots, if they haven't already traded it up, that would maybe be interested in a quarterback, right? So I'm just going to buzz through all the teams that draft after the Vikings in the first round. If that scenario happens, Trey Lance is sitting there at 14 because teams just haven't seen enough of him, right? I don't think Fields falls that far. But, but let's say let's say Trey Lance does because okay. there's just too many question marks. Yep. Which team is most likely to be like, oh, man, I can't believe that dude fell out of the top 10. All right, we got to make a move for this, right? Patriots could for sure, but I don't think you're going to get a ton from them to move up one spot unless there's another team as well that like they're scared that's going to jump them. Correct. So you could you could play that card. You could call the Patri- Patriots and be like, hey, this team's going to jump you, and so like we're going to create a bidding war here. Yep. Um, the Cardinals, no. The Raiders? That's a wild card, but it's a possibility. I would doubt it, but I wouldn't dismiss it. I, yep. Does yep. that sound fair? Yep. That's fair. Washington at nineteen. Yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, yes, one hundred percent. I think even yeah, that's a good one. And I bet they might do it. How about the Bears at twenty? I know they just signed Andy Dalton, but the, you know that's not a long term thing. I, I wouldn't mind that at all if I was a Bears fan. I think that'd be a good play. I don't think the Vikings, and, and I know that that you will both disagree with me on the philosophy of, of this, and I'm not advocating for it. But I don't think the Vikings would trade would make that trade with a division opponent unless they clearly won it by a ton. Because I don't think that they would want a hand. If Trey Lance is good, you, you became the team that gave a division foe their quarterback. The Bears would probably look to trade with the Chargers at 13. Yes. Just I, to avoid that whole discussion. Right? Yes. The Colts at 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I Carson Wentz. No. They're not going to. Nope. Yeah. Nope. The Titans, are, I think, are super happy they're with Daniel right now. The Jets will already have picked the quarterback. The Steelers at twenty four. That's a really interesting one because they're doing they they're a, doing one more year with Big one. Ben. Yeah, but they do need a successor to Big Ben. So are they going to want to use their first round pick on something that can help this year's team, or are they going to see, oh man, Trey Lance is sitting there. We could get this mobile young dude sit behind Ben for a minute. So we've got the Patriots, the Steelers, and Washington as far as the potential to to try and play off off each other at this point. Yep, Jacksonville, no, yep. Cleveland, no, yep. Baltimore, no. Saints jumping. I don't think the Saints are jumping from 28 up to 14. I would be sort of shocked if that happened. But, but, but I, I can see Sean Payton loving to get his hands on Trey Lance. Yeah. I can see that. Makes totally. sense. Let's put, let's put him on there. Yeah, let's put, put him, him on there. there. All right. Green Bay already did this last year. Yeah. Uh, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers. So so there's, there's probably four, four, four teams, teams that, you would, that you would have on speed dial, right? Yep. That if that scenario played out. All right. All right. Um, let's see here. Next question from the YouTube comments. Uh, T Field says, I'm confused on why Eric Wilson was not re-signed by the Vikings. So what was it, like $4 million, $3, $4 million? Yeah, it was a one-year contract. He did not. He, I think he thought he was going to cash in, and he didn't come close. It's a one-year deal. Uh, he was not re-signed because he is not as good as we all thought at first. And and from the Vikings' perspective, I think the choice was 
Wilson's ticket out of town here was signed, sealed, and delivered when Anthony Barr agreed to to come back. And the Vikings mm-hmm. clearly see Barr as the superior player. In their mind, I don't think it's close. So so he was not coming back here unless Barr said no. If Barr said no, yeah, I could see it. But once he said, I'll take the restructure, Wilson was gone. And they've, you know, yeah. So Will, it, Wilson, Wilson's your third linebacker in a league that plays a ton of nickel. And yeah. so you're, and you have limited free agent resources. He just, it's not that they didn't want him back. It's just that they had to prioritize the things that they needed to spend money on. And, you know, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks are the two starting linebackers for this team when they're, when they're in nickel. So, all right. Uh, David Nelson says, we do get a lot of comments about about the local media here, and we're not afraid to discuss this. So David Nelson says, Minnesota media is not only Minnesota nice, but I call it Minnesota passive. It's annoying. Judd used to actually cover for the Star Tribune back in the day, the local media beat. And so you would write sort of state of the local media oh. if, if there was a big radio change or something. Um, you have So I have worked in the local media here for about 15 years. Declan for I don't know eight years yeah, somewhere in there five eight years yeah and and uh, Judd for going on thirty years if you go back to like the beginning Over stages 30 of years. Start to being, yeah right? started in eighty nine how would you describe the current state of Minnesota media well it depends on the people without, without burning all the bridges to well your I was going to say it depends first of all it depends on <laughs> on because it's probably not fair to go with the collective since people approach it differently but. Um, I've just always said this for anybody who thinks that we in this town are harsh or players that think, man, the media gets on me or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, look at Chicago, look at Boston, New York, obviously Philadelphia is, uh, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll fillet you for almost nothing. So <clears throat> passive might be a good word at times. And, and it, and it also depends on the groups. I mean, are we talking about television? Are we talking about radio? Are we talking about uh, the print or w- website people? But, you know, I think the issue is that we probably, as a collective, aren't, aren't as tough on the teams and the players as we could be consistently. And I think part of, of that goes back to the guy that's joined me today for the uh, podcast. If you are watching us right now, I've got my Sid Hartman bobblehead here with a hot dog and notebook. Uh, and a long time ago, a lot of people in this town learned from a, a guy like Sid, right? Sid, he's saying yes right now. Um, that, huh? huh? That the more huh? hey, you. that if you are for the home team and you are for the local players, a lot of people like that. And and so I think it started a tradition which has continued with some, not all. So I am not just I just want to be clear. I'm not collectively draping a blanket on the entire establishment, but it's a, it definitely started a trend where I think that there is um, in some ways a path of least resistance, that it's easier to get stories and it's easier to have friends if you're not tough on teams and players, uh, yeah. which has continued with some with some to this day. Yeah, I think. I think everything you just said is right. And then I would even go and say that, you know, it's been it's been 30 years. So this is the 30th anniversary this year of the Twins winning the World Series. So with the four major men's professional teams, two of which, by the way, hockey and football have never won a championship. And the Timberwolves have only been to the playoffs once. So I mean, well, three of them have never won a championship. It's funny that like the Wolves aren't even like on a level where you can 
you don't even have to say that they've never won a championship. It's just like obvious. But they've only been to the playoffs once in 15 years. 30 years with these men's teams. And and there's been some moderate playoff success. I mean, the Twins currently have the longest postseason losing streak in North American sports history, right? And I just feel like the vibe overall is that it's, it's whatever. It's okay. 30 years, uh, just you know, put a new bar in Target Field or put some purple couches at the new stadium in downtown Minneapolis for the Vikings, and we'll all be okay with it. And I think sometimes we come out and we're, we, we, we call that out, right? We Listen, like we're, we're all about having fun and watching sports and, and whatnot, but like there should be a little bit of pressure to win a championship once in a while. And uh, I almost think that we are sort of outliers because of that, because the, that's not in New York, Boston, et cetera. Everyone is pushing for those things. And here it's I think there's a lot of just comfort with just being good enough and existing in your division sometimes. So that's my take on it. Oh, Declan, do you want to burn any relationships here before we uh, get to the Not necessarily burn relationships. Um, it's a very interesting media scene. Um, I think one thing that really stood out to me and one that I, I really noticed uh, was a few years ago when the whole Jimmy Butler thing was going on, the practice dilemma, and he called in his friend Rachel Nichols to come here to do the sit-down. And I, I, I'm not going to name names, but I remember there was numerous just TV and other people saying, how, like, he's going to call in Rachel Nichols? Like, why wouldn't he call in one of us? It's like, do you do you really think Jimmy Butler is going to do a sit-down with so-and-so local sports people? Like, no, guys. Like, have a little bit more self-realization in that department. <laughs> that was one of the first times I was like, are we for real here? Are we really, are we really sure. going about this in that way? But I, I think in general... It's a it's a it's a fun place to be in. And also, if like you're starting out, I think it's also a very it's a very less intimidating spot. Uh, just speaking from that from experience, covering things pretty at a, at a younger age than a lot of other people, that it, it's a it's a softer and an easier spot to be in to to start out your career. It's a soft market. It's a soft market. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's it a is, soft yeah. market. I I would like to see uh, us as the collective um, group in town inst- instead of like we we all sorry, careful. Said, yeah, Sid's Sid's bottle is fragile. We all benefit. In fact, you know what? I'm going to so, take off like a, like the glasses. Oh, uh, here we go. We here all go. benefit when the teams are good. There's no question about it. Like, there's no upside to um, Score North or KFAN or the Star Tribune for the team stinking. It's no fun. People tune out. But I feel like we root. I feel like we have a large group in this town who just roots for the success because that's good for their entity. But they do so in a come on, guys, get. You know, come on, team. This is what I'm. It's frustrating. The East Coast, they get pissed off, which is what I like. Like, like <laughs> I want the Twins to win a damn playoff game, partially for me. Like I said, I deserve Kirill Kaprizov because I've watched the Wild Flounder for twenty bleeping years. I deserve this. Okay, so like I want people to get worked up instead of be, being like, "Ain't it great?" It's like, no, it's about damn time. And you've lost 18 consecutive playoff games? That's a damn embarrassment. I don't want you to win a playoff game. I damn well expect it, right? And for the Vikings, make a Super Bowl. I was seven years old and 51. But instead of like, I hope they make the Super Bowl, Purple Passion, uh, this is great. No, bleep that. Just make the damn Super Bowl. I deserve this. This is a me thing. I'm getting old. I might die. I might drop dead. You don't know. So, so that, but that's what I would. But I would like to see more of a collective angst and anger that is projected to the community so they can be like, you know what? Hell yeah, you're right. We deserve this. Instead of, I hope this is the year. That's the passive part that drives me crazy. We all benefit. 
if they're good. So let's hold them to that damn standard so that they are good. And if they're not, people lose their jobs. Yeah, I I love it. I love the passion. I want passion. I love, I love the accountability. I think uh, one more comment here before we wrap, and this is just, just a, it's a shot at Declan. Cameron Urban oh, says, boy, I, I feel like, like Declan is throwing darts blindfolded when he makes his write that down predictions on Purple Daily. Oh, defend I, your defend yourself. Uh, for Purple Daily, no, I will wear that. Um, for for Mackie and Judd, I will not. I will certainly not make that uh, assumption. So you, My batting whoa. average is sustainable and and usually pretty dang good. So uh, for the football predictions, yes, I I go for broke. Okay, if if, if football passes are a lot more fun when there's triple coverage there, and you can throw it in the window. Okay, I'm not looking for checkdowns, and I'm not looking for hail marys. I'm the Brett. I want to be Brett Favre here, and I want to just throw it in triple coverage and see what the hell happens. You're more ponder right now, dude. That's not a ponder movement, and I'm also not Brett Favre, so I made two very incorrect uh, uh, comparisons of my game there. So, I fi- that's an interesting <laughs> comment. I'm not sure it's fair, but it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, people, uh, people just picking on Declan there. More people, I think, pick on me and Judd, but that's okay. Um, that was fine. I want Declan to be able to defend himself there. All right, that's a that's a wrap on today's reading the YouTube comment section edition of Purple Daily. Here, every single week, we dive in. We take your questions, your comments. So. Load them up, and uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll make the show here. And you can also follow us as a brand at Score North on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow Deck. Just look us up, Declan Goff, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad on Twitter and Instagram as well. And we'll see you guys next time on Purple Daily.